Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Black Girl Podcast. This episode, we are talking about 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, as always. I'm Hadassah, and I am your host, and let's jump right into this episode. So this week's episode, we start off with... um, Caleb and Alina and so the first thing I noticed is that the picture that they show you know how they show the picture right before um they get into the couples whatever their their episode they show the picture of them and like where they're from and all of that and so the picture of Caleb and Alina has changed because now it's a picture of him actually holding her So anyway, we meet up with them after they have just done the do. And of course, we know Alina was dying to have sex with Caleb. So um, Caleb says it was a lot of fun. Um, He says it was a lot of fun. Um, She says that he kind of had her in a bad position. And it's like, I kind of don't want to think about it, but like, I'm sure the logistics of them having sex was difficult because, you know, um, there are certain things that she can do and can't do. And he was kind of trying to figure that out. So I'm sure as they continue on in their um, process, they they'll probably figure out the best ways for them to do that but um they both seem to be extremely honest with about like how the experience went um Caleb explains that it was difficult in an interesting way because he says yeah you know with her legs bent like that and I was like I again I appreciate his honesty but like maybe he shouldn't say things in a certain way if you know what I mean but um, he he said it like that. So um, anyway, Alina was nervous about them having sex ruining their friendship. I think we see her in this episode, like when she's walking into the bathroom, she doesn't have her shoes on. So you can get a better idea of how her legs actually or her feet actually are. And so it seems like they're kind of bent. So it, it's like she walks on her tiptoes, um, which I think is really interesting because it just gives you a better idea of kind of like what what it's like for her. You know what I mean? Um, I think that Alina says that it wasn't like the best but she doesn't really seem like she wants to complain because she's like you know I think she understands there's a little bit of a learning curve um later on we see uh Elijah rejoins the trio um Caleb is now pushing the wheelchair and he has her like kind of on a wheelie he seems to be having fun with it I don't know if that's something Alina likes or not Sorry, if I pause, it's just to drink water. It's a lot of talking for one person. Like, oh, man. Anyway. um, So, yeah, Elijah joins. He's back in the trio. They're at the Grand Bazaar in Turkey. Um, They go and they have, like, Turkish delights. For some reason, what is that children's book called? It's, like, where they go to Narnia. I don't, is it called the Chronicles of Narnia? I think it's called the Chronicles of Narnia. Anyway, that's what Turkish delights remind me of because I'm pretty sure in the Chronicles of Narnia or whatever the book is called that they eat Turkish delights. So, um, Caleb uses this language though because he's like, oh, I want to go over here. I don't know where he was referring to, but he's like, can you take her for a few minutes? And for some reason, that to me, just made me feel like, I don't know, it just reminded me of like a child, you know, like, oh, can you take the baby for a few minutes? Can you hold it? It's like, I don't know if I liked that. Um, But anyway, so they, Elijah and Elena, they sit down at the table with their tea or their coffee and they start talking and she's like, yeah, I took a ride on his 
disco stick. And, well, at first she kind of didn't say it, right? Like she was like, yeah, we kissed. And Elijah leans in and he's like, did you maybe go deeper? And she's like, yeah, you know, she took a ride on his disco stick and she's happy about it. And he was like, I'm happy for you. So they're both happy that she had sex with Caleb. Um, and she says that sex makes her feel like she's more attached to him, but she wants to know that it's more serious. And I think she's nervous about asking him whether or not it's more serious because she doesn't want to. Like, she sees that he's very much a kind of um, go-with-the-flow type of a guy. And so I think because of that, she's very hesitant to ask too many questions because I don't think she wants to ruin the vibe. You know, I don't think she wants to irritate Caleb or put him in a position where he feels like he has to give her an answer because she kind of can already ascertain he doesn't like being pressured and again they've been friends for 13 years so I think that's something that she would know by now um and so she feels like it's too soon to ask about that and Elijah's like okay bitch you want me to talk to him and she's like no but I really still don't think Caleb is really gonna care about this ex thing he just really doesn't give me the vibe that he's going to be like, oh my gosh, you were still living with your ex. Like, I think he's going to be like, okay. I don't think, you know, because it's like, are they really in a relationship right now? Or are they just trying to, or are they just trying to see where things are going? So, um, there wasn't like a ton going on there. Um, and so I guess we'll see more next week because it looks like next week, Elijah kind of forces her hand by saying something about, you know, keeping secrets from your partner. And then, you know, we kind of, uh, we kind of then, I guess we'll get into that more. So the next couple we see is Usman, aka Soldier Boy, the Nigerian, whatever, whatever Kim calls him. Um, and so we start off the episode and Kim is like, which soldier boy shirt should I wear to this shoot? And I'm like, girl, why do you have several soldier boy shirts? Like this guy, I hope he sent those shirts to her and she didn't spend her own money on them because. Mm -mm. And then the editors, when Kim was like talking about, oh, I forget what she was saying, but it was something about the girls who are going to be in the videos. And she was like, yeah, I don't know why he needs those girls. Anyway, my butt is bigger. And then they literally zoom in on this woman's butt. And it is so small and flat. And I just feel like the editors this season are really, they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot. So they're on their way to this video shoot. Usman has four suitcases to go to his video shoot. When I'm like, I'm pretty sure you might wear like two or three outfits. I don't know why you need four suitcases, but whatever. Usman again calls her a fan. Um, and it's like, do we, does Kim, I don't know. Does she really like his music or does she just like him so much that she thinks that she likes his music? You know what I mean? But Usman said that and and when he's talking about the video because I think it's called Zara and it's about you know this woman from the U.S. um young black girl that he kind of used to have in a relationship with and it was very interesting when he was talking about the video because he said I still have strong feelings for her he didn't say it in the past tense and I feel like that's very telling like he still likes this woman he still I think he probably really wanted to be with her but you know she just didn't she just didn't she couldn't handle it um and when they get to the shoot Kim kind of goes into mom mode you know um she's you know kind of hovering she's like why are y'all doing this and like I totally get what she's getting at the video shoot is chaotic. They don't know where anything is. They're opening up all of these suitcases. Like, there, it definitely should have been more or organized. But 
I feel like she should have just let them do their thing because this is not their first rodeo. But it actually seemed to work out in her favor because Usman liked that she held it down and she calls herself Boss Lady Kim. But I really don't think, in my opinion, that it's a good idea for her to get on Bad Miss and Slam T's bad side. Like, these two guys seem to be Usman's right-hand men. I don't know... I still can't remember what Angela called Michael's friends, but he they give me those vibes. And I feel like I don't know if it's a situation where if she really doesn't get along with Badness and Slam T, that that'll kind of determine the relationship. But then again, it seems like that might not be the case because Usman stands up to her like he stands up to them for her and so I think it's really a situation where Usman is kind of like well you guys work for me I'm the star of the show and it's crazy to me right because it's like Usman really thinks he is somebody like this man thinks that he is a an African superstar I don't know I'm going to ask some of my African friends if they know who Usman, a.k.a. Soldier Boy, the Nigerian pop star is, because I just have this feeling that he is not as popping as he's making himself out to be. But anyway, um, I yeah, so Usman himself even says that his team isn't competent because of how things went and then Usman is like telling Kim about the song and he completely lies about what the song is about he tells her this whole other story meanwhile it's very much so that it's about this woman that he's still in love with and it's like I know he lied to her because it's like Kim very rightfully would probably flip a switch because she's like you have me out here in where are they Tunisia or Tanzania you have me out here in Tanzania helping you out doing all of this like I'm here for this shoot and it's about another woman and you know good and well that I'm trying to be your woman I don't think she would like that but the thing is she's gonna find out eventually even if it's on the tell-all the tell-all is going to tell all so um Ian Kim is just so passionate about this video shoot She's like, I'm literally going to cry if you don't do well. Like, I want this to work out. I need your energy to be up. But I just actually was so surprised that Usman took it as like, Kim really cares about me as an artist. And he didn't take it in a way that's like, oh, she's trying to control. She's trying to do this. You know, I think he, I don't know. I don't remember how Usman and baby girl Lisa were. But I feel like I like this Usman a lot better. I feel like I was not going to like this couple because I'm like, why is this man back on this show with another woman? But, but I, I'm really, you know, Usman, he's, he's not so bad, but I, I do still feel like he's using her to some degree. I mean, with the PlayStation and all of that other stuff, um, Anyway, she, like I said, she's going to be calm until she finds out who Zara is. The video shoot takes five hours, which is a long, long time to be sitting around watching some guy video shoot with this other woman. So they're on their way back to the hotel. Usman is laying in her lap and Kim actually apologizes to Badness and Slam T. She's like, look, guys, like, I'm sorry for the way I acted, but I was just upset because it seemed like y'all weren't doing your job and she then goes on to compare him to like Michael Jackson and I again I I don't think Usman is that popping but um his assistants Badmus and Slam T are like well if Kim wasn't there it wouldn't have been like that and she's the one who caused all the disorganization and the problems and Usman was like no it's actually your fault and I don't care what you say about this woman. She's here. I brought her here. If you have a problem with that, you need to keep it to yourself. And then he holds her hand afterwards. And I was like, okay, Usman, maybe maybe you do like Kimberly. Like, I don't know. Maybe he just has PTSD from baby girl Lisa and he does like her. And he really doesn't want to move too fast. But I... Mm. 
I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I just don't want Lisa. I mean, Lisa. I keep calling Kim Lisa. I just don't want Kim to get hurt because she, you know, we already see in the next episode. She's like, I want you to stay in the room with me. He's like, stay in the room with you. Oh, my gosh. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure if it was Rosary from the other episode who was like, come stay in the room with me. He'd be like, yeah, but I, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. I don't know what his end goal is here. Um, So moving on, we have Memphis and home. <laughs> Memphis and Hamza, these two, they they did their part this show. So um, Memphis starts out, like, I don't know if they were, like, looking around or I guess they're still in the marketplace, like, from the last episode or whatever. Um, so <laughs> she's saying, like, she's like, I have to poop. I have to poopy. I have to poop. And then, you know, she's talking about how I guess the food in Tunisia has not been very good to her stomach. But it's just so funny because she goes into the bathroom and then the edits, like they left all the edits of her like moaning and groaning of her stomach. So she's like, "Mm." and I'm like, do we really need to hear Memphis on the toilet? And then Hamza is talking to baby. Are you okay? Are you okay? She's like, "Mm, and then she comes out. She's like me done pooping like why are you talking to him like a child if you want someone to learn english you need to speak to them in english how you speak to everyone else in english speaking to hamza like a child in the hopes that he's going to understand you better is not going to help him in fact it probably make things work you need to speak to him like a regular adult um And I think the other person who does this is, what is her name? Rebecca. Rebecca and Ziad. Rebecca talks to Ziad like he is slow or like he has like a processing disorder. He needs you to speak to him like you speak to everyone else. That is the best way to help someone learn a language. Um, And so anyway... Moving on, you know, Hamza's asking her about her past because he's like, you know, you never told me about your past. And I guess his mom talking about them possibly getting divorced and her concerns about that made him decide that he wanted to ask Memphis about her past. So she says that she would rather speak to him in person about her past. But I'm just, because it's not a conversation to have over text, but I'm like, in this context in which you guys don't speak the same language, it probably would have been better for Memphis to have, like, done Google Translate or something in order for him to fully understand what her past was instead of being like, my dad no good drugs my mom no good drug like i think having had this conversation over text where he could really understand her even if they were on video chat and she texted it to him so that he could understand and then you can see his reaction and things like that i don't think that having this conversation in person in this context is is beneficial and it's really like what have you guys been talking about for the past eight months like it really just goes to show you that memphis doesn't memphis and hamza don't know each other really at all i mean i don't know what they talk about for the last you know eight months that they've been talking but if all you've been doing is talking over text you would think that being that all you do is text you would tell these things and it just makes me wonder like does he know about I I don't think he does know about you know the specifics of her past with her exes and I feel like that's gonna cause problems but I do think that it's nice that he was very empathetic and he felt sad for her but he also didn't seem to judge her because of it or not want to be with her because of it because quite frankly like that was out of her control you know so um and the next scene, Memphis, I guess he's talking, she's talking with the mom and the sister and she finds out that he's 26 when she thought he was 28, which means when they first started speaking, he was 25. 
And she's upset about this. I feel like I understand why Memphis is upset because I just feel like 25, 26, like that's like my age, you know? And I feel like that's young. Granted, it's not, 28 is not that much older, right? But I think that kind of what Hamza said about being mature, I think there's a certain level of maturity that you associate with someone who's a little bit older. Um, And apparently Hamza's sister spilled the beans on him because she was saying that, oh, she's 23 and he's three years older than me. And uh, Memphis is like, well, that means he's 26. And he told me he was 28. Also, his sister looks older than 23. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there. But he even says himself that he wanted her to think that he was more mature. His mom thinks that Memphis is overreacting, like she's doing too much. But I think that part of it for Memphis is is like you lie about such a small thing. So it's like you lie about something small so effortlessly. So I would think that you might lie about something that's more serious um you know effortlessly as well and I really do think that that is part of her concern um because she's like why just why would you even lie about that and I I get it though that you know he wanted to he he says that he felt he felt older and he didn't want her to not speak to him but it's like this is the thing when you lie right because eventually the truth does come to light and it's like if she wasn't gonna speak to you then because you were 25 or 26 or whatever the case may be when it comes out now that doesn't make it any better like she still doesn't want to talk to you because of that um and then it makes them more mad because you lied and so she feels even more betrayed because she said she just opened up about her past but it's like you just opened up about your past and you're supposed to get married next week girl you don't need to get married so fast and even Hamza feels like she's overreacting about the age thing and he says what's wrong with her and I think Memphis has a lot of past trauma and that's really why she needs to slow down I think she's rushing in there to it because she has this desire to be loved. She has this desire for stability, which I understand given her her upbringing. But I think she just needs to she just needs to slow down. Um she needs to take her time because of that trauma because she needs to have that conversation with herself mentally while she's with someone like this is not the person who hurt me. This is a different person. This is a new situation. And I don't need to bring that into this relationship. And Memphis needs a lot of therapy, I think. Um, and maybe she does go to therapy. I don't know. But I, I think that's what she needs. Um, and it's like when she starts asking him about his diploma and all of this stuff, I I wonder what he's thinking. And, you know, we don't get to hear what he's thinking. He's pretty quiet. And I don't know if that's because he, you know, they don't speak the same language. So he doesn't want to start speaking in Arabic. And she obviously doesn't understand. But um, I wish we knew what he was thinking more. Um, And I, quite frankly, did not like the way she was speaking to him. She was like, get your sister. And, you know, I think he was kind of taking a moment to take in everything that was currently happening and she's like get your sister now like he is not your child Memphis please don't speak to the man that way it's not necessary um and I just think the way she was treating him in front of his sister like show me your diploma and then she's like I can't read this I don't know what it says it's just embarrassing and I don't think I get it you know he lied about his age but he just doesn't strike me as the type of person that is gonna lie about a whole bunch of things because I think he just really liked her and he really wanted to impress her and he really wanted to be with her um can she trust him probably I think what lies he's telling is important right because people all tell little white lies and I think this might not be the lie to get hung up on because 
whether he's 26 or 28, he's still the same person that you wanted to be with. I don't think that changes. And if he's shown you that he's mature, then I don't think his age really plays a role. Um, so next week we see them arguing about going to the consulate and all of that stuff. And these two just cannot get married so quickly. They just can't. I think she just needs to file for the K-1 visa and let him come for to America. And they need to like try to be together here. I just think that for the two of them doing it this way is just not is not the vibe you know what I mean so oh my gosh I don't even want to talk about this next couple y'all like (laughs) when I tell you I have so many notes for Jasmine and Gino Jasmine is insane this woman is crazy which is like we already knew this but anyway so Gino is still wearing the same outfit that Jasmine does not like, which he knows very good and well. She does not like this kind of outfits, but whatever. Gino also knows absolutely nothing about working out. Like Jasmine is trying to work out and he's like, what is that for? Jasmine, what is this for? So how many times do you do that? Jasmine. And she's like, can you stop talking to me? Because I'm used to working out by myself and you are talking too much and I don't want to deal with this. So, and then she calls him, she goes, good boy, Gino. Like, is this man a dog to you? Do you think he's a dog? Like, I don't even, under, I don't understand what's going on with this relationship. Um, she tells him what she wants. She is fully like, she's, I have so many issues with this woman because I think once we get to the end of their stuff at this episode, she's so manipulative and I don't like it. Um, and so she tells him, so she books this $2,500 vacation without telling him. And now he really messed up because he would, if he would have just got her those t-shirts that she got him, right. Were like not that expensive. Right. And so it's like, if he would have just got her like a decent little gift that wasn't that expensive, he would have spent substantially less money. He would not have spent $2,500. So he messed up big time and she's getting him back. And Gina was like, that's a lot of money. And she's manipulative because she's like, well, you bought one on these other fabulous fancy trips with all these other women and you can't take me on a $2,500 trip. And it's like, no, Jasmine, because he literally spent all of this money to come to Pianima, as he says. And it's like, he told you he's out of work right now. He's unemployed. Where do you think he's getting the money for this from? It makes sense that he did those things when he had the money to do those things. Now he does not have the money to do those things, you know? So you need to chill. And um, Gino says, you know, I don't think in his ITM, he's like, I don't think money should come between us and blah, blah, blah. But like, you could see it on his face. He's very upset that this woman booked this trip for $2,500 and he now has to pay for it. And I don't think it's okay either. I think Jasmine is way out of line. And I think she, I think she's way out of line. That's all I'm going to say. Jasmine keeps insulting his ex. Um, And he already has, you know, displayed to her or expressed to her that he doesn't like when she does that. And she keeps doing it anyway. Um, And it's like, I don't think that him saying, hey, don't call my ex stupid or call my ex a bitch. I don't think that's unreasonable. If they had an amicable breakup or regardless of whether the breakup was amicable or not, like there's no reason for him to go on national television and speak badly about her, you know? And the woman is out of control because she's literally complaining about, mind you, like let's start here. All of this is because the color because of the color of the walls in his house that he lives in by himself. Jasmine, they don't even have the K1 visa going yet, okay? 
Jasmine is not coming to live with them. I think it's very reasonable for Jasmine to be like, okay, we can we paint the walls when she's coming to America? We're not there yet. How are you going to tell this man that he can't have his walls a certain color because his ex-wife painted? That's his house. That's not your house, you know? And then she proceeds to be like, well, I sucked your dick more than she did in seven years. You even told me that. And it's like, what like okay why do you have to say that and it's like not only that but she's having a whole argument with herself during this entire time I promise you Gino says like two sentences and she is having this outburst she's comparing this she's a, and she keeps saying and my thing is this I don't know if there's something that we're not seeing where he is comparing the two of them where she feels so strongly but if all he if if this is stuff that she's making up herself because of what she's seen in his house over FaceTime or whatever the case may be, she's way out of line and she's insane. And you know, that's just genuinely how I feel. She's literally boohoo crying over paint on the wall. And I'm just watching this scene and I'm like, I hope that this is for television. Because there's no way that you can, in good conscience, like, do all of that. Like, it's just crazy. And Gino says that he is scared by her explosive anger. But he also knows that she has a tendency to be um, zero to 60. And so I don't know why he's surprised. Because honestly, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think this outburst Jasmine is having is just the tip of the iceberg. And like I said, unless there's something we aren't seeing, I don't know what she wants him to do. I don't know if this is a method for control. But Jasmine and her ITM says herself, she's like, I try to be this strong woman and blah, blah, blah. But deep inside, I'm just a scared animal. And it's like, I totally get that. Because... I'm similar, you know, like you, you try to act this one way in public or in front of other people, but you can still be a very sensitive person. And she tells Gino that they need to slow down um, and they shouldn't be talking about kids and this and that. And I don't think Gino can handle all of this. And I will tell you, you will lose a man acting like this. You will lose an entire man acting like this. And so I, and I think that because it's like Gino will now feel like he has to walk on eggshells around her because even in his ITM, he's like, I should have just said, yes, we will change the color of the walls. And it's like, if he, if, if he says he likes the color of the walls, he should be able to say what he feels. I don't think he should have to feel like he can't say he likes the color on his walls because his ex-wife painted it because if she if he says something else, then Jasmine is going to have literally a temper tantrum. I just think it's unacceptable. Um, and, you know, now she says she's leaving. And I'm like, what about the twenty five hundred dollar trip that you just basically forced him to pay for it and I you know Jasmine is just like I said she's way too dramatic for me Gino sits down with her and he's like what can we do to solve this and you know he's upset because he starts cursing but guess what he remains very calm and you know I think that Gino might be like a goofy or a weird kind of guy but he's not a dummy he knows what's going on and he knows you know I I think he very much so was able to control his anger and his distaste for her behavior in a very good way. Um, but she's controlling and she's manipulative. And it's like, she literally says to him, if you speak about your exes, I will get crazy like that. Do you understand? So if you don't want me to act like that, you don't speak about her. You don't say any good, anything good about her. Like <laughs> what is going to happen when this woman finds out? that he still talks to his ex she is going to kill him probably like I don't think he wants to be alive she tells him about the birth control pills right when they've been talking about planning a family does Gino flip his lid does he go crazy that's something that he could get very upset about but he doesn't 
And she says, we're not making a family right now. We're not ready for a family right now. And it's like, yeah, do I agree with her? A hundred percent. But do I think she should have had a conversation with him? A hundred percent. And so my thing is like, she acted like that, right? About some paint on the walls. And she was lying about taking birth control pills. And he's just sitting there chill. He's like, okay. And I'm like, he says that he should be a little bit worried. No, he should be very concerned. He should be very 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 concerned because this episode that jasmine had is very telling and you know in the next episode we see her get uh, a lap dance from a stripper and i'm just like huh imagine if gino got a lap dance from a stripper huh <coughs> i don't even want to think about it anyway on to the next guy so we meet Ben, he is a very hot, attractive 52-year-old man. He um he looks like he's 30. And you know, I say this because <laughs> I usually don't say this about white people because no offense, like I have nothing against y'all, but you do not age well a lot of the time. So the fact that he looks so good and he's 52, like he genuinely looks 30. Um he basically says that he grew up in a cult like a denomination of Christianity. He couldn't watch TV. There were no movies. He became a pastor. He married this woman who, in my opinion, even back then, they were both kind of funny looking back then, so whatever. Um, and so he ended up getting divorced because uh, he felt like it was kind of a loveless marriage. It wasn't built. You know, it was kind of just something that he did, which I think that happens a lot in those religions. People kind of just get married so that they can have sex and they don't really understand um, the value of being with someone that you actually mesh with and whatever. I think the dating phase is important and it exists for a reason. Um so anyway, he's he's outside, he's hot, he's got his, you know, oil on his body from working on his motorcycle and all of that. And anyway, he says he's going on these dating sites and I'm like, you're on dating sites with your religious beliefs? Okay, Ben. Um, anyway, he, you know, he says that they've been talking for 115 days. And I said, well, clearly you're counting. Um, the pictures he shows of this mahogany girl are extremely filtered. Um, he says that he finds it hard to date because he doesn't want to have sex until marriage. Um, hey, Ben, my name is Hadassah. I am the host of the Uncensored Black Girl podcast, and I believe in Jesus. And, you know, if you are okay with interracial dating, I will take you and your three children. And I'm 25 years old. And I'm I'm in, I'm going to be a lawyer, and we can make this work, Ben. So that's my plea, my my plug for myself to Ben. Um, but anyway, I heard that this mahogany girl is fake. Apparently, I've heard that we find out she's not real but anyway supposedly she's from peru he's been hiding this relationship from his friends who then go how long has this been going on for ben that's young ben and then they proceed to say um yeah we just think he's desperate <laughs> which is like if your friends say these things about you it's probably true um uh they've only spoken on the phone twice he says they've never video chatted because she is shy so that to me is definitely indicative of a, a catfish um that's like literally typical makings of a dang catfish at that point um again her her video that she sends him is very filtered i think if she would have said his name in the video like say he should have said to her, say in the video, hi, Ben, or, you know, something with his name. So he knows that it's not just like a pre-recorded whatever that, you know, maybe they bought from this woman. Who knows? Who knows? Um, apparently, he says she asked for a loan, which is different from giving her money because she's going to give it back because it's a loan. Um, and apparently, this is not his first catfish. He was scammed by a man in Africa. 10 out of 10, it was a Nigerian man. Um, 
because I watched an entire documentary about these Nigerian scammers and how they catfish people for like a literal living. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened to Ben. Um, and so, yes, yeah, a $1,000 loan. And this is, uh, you know, after only three months of, t- of dating. And after three months of dating, he says he's ready to marry her. And I think like... This is to me what's sad because it's like this is a 52 year old man like this is a grown adult with three children and it's like he is trying to do that fast dating get to know you stuff that you do when you're in your 20s and I think he really missed out on that because he grew up the way he grew up Um, which is unfortunate I think he's craving that young love that young passionate hot and heavy we're into each other um type of things he says that god led him to this relationship and i'm like god did not lead you to be catfished you led yourself to be catfished don't put that on god okay um and i feel bad for him because i think ben is way too attractive for this mess you see him later on he's using using duolingo to learn spanish and i only know that it's duolingo because i've used duolingo myself okay and so <laughs> i've used duolingo for spanish myself so yeah he's trying to use duolingo to learn spanish and um Apparently, he feels guilty about his divorce because of his kids, because he says that it really affected them negatively. So his ex-wife and the kids come over for dinner or lunch or whatever, when which he's planning to tell them about mahogany. Um, Ben's ex-wife walks through the door. I'm telling you, this woman looks 50. Ben looks 30. That's all I have to say. Um, He... Yeah, and oh, his daughter, the the daughter with the long hair looks just like him. Um anyway, so their faces when he says that he's dating this person online is like priceless. And we end up finding out that um this is not the first time that this has happened. He apparently likes younger women, and he was in a situation years ago where he dated a woman that was 18 years younger than him, and she did not like him to spend time with his kids. So I guess he, it seems like he didn't spend time with his kids because of this this woman, um, and so that's why the family seems to be very apprehensive about this mahogany woman because they don't want him to make the same mistakes as before because they were like he just kind of forgot about his kids and he didn't care about them um so yeah his wife totally calls him out on that and he says well you know mahogany loves you kids without even meeting you and i'm just like three months and she loves your three teenage children i just it's like And I just feel bad because it's like you shouldn't even be telling your kids about this. You should just be like, I'm going away for three weeks because it's like they already have so much anxiety over you dating. And it just seems like whatever happened before wasn't good. I wish we got a little bit more background about it, but we don't. But that's fine. Um, And I think that's why his kids seem kind of needy. um, Because they they whatever happened, it was seemed to be a relationship before that lasted over a period of several years and it didn't end well um anyway he shows his daughter the the family a picture of the woman or a video and they were like that is so filtered yeah same thing I said you know but he says he wants to be a model for his kids but I'm like if you want to be a model for your kids then you would make better decisions and better choices and be smart about how you go about things um And so, you know, he tells them, you know, God is leading him in this relationship and all of that. And his ex says to him, well, God wasn't leading you before. So when did you decide that God was going to guide you? And I said, oop. And I, oop, because that was definitely like, that was a dig. And it's like, you know, I don't think God is guiding him in this either. That's my opinion. Um, But we'll see what happens because it looks like he gets set up in the at the airport or um, in the next episode. So last but not least, we come to Jimena and Mike again. Their communication is horrible. He's like trying to say, is this food? He can't even say comida. Comida. If you are going to a Spanish-speaking country, you need to know comida. Yo tengo hambre. Comida. 
I can say those things. Um, I don't know. I don't, I just, these two are, they give me stress. Um, but anyway, Colombia is a beautiful country. That's what I realized from watching Himana and Mike. And I realized that I now want to go to Colombia. So thank you to them. Um, so they end up again talking about, um, her having her tubes burned, cut and deleted. Um, and you know, because he's saying, you know, I'm trying to figure out if we still have a future because I wanted my own kids. And she said that she did it as preventative because she was outside. Like that's basically what she, she was like, listen, I was outside. I was out here. I was talking to different men. I was living my life. And who knows how many more times I would have been gotten pregnant, you know, because I was not taking the precautions. And I'm like, if you know that you're the type of person that's like that, and you already have two kids, then I think she did what was best for her. Um, and so she's upset though. I don't think she's upset because she loves Mike. I think she's upset because she doesn't want to miss her opportunity to have a good life for her kids. And I think she kind of uses the kids to guilt trip him because he's like, but I want my own kids. And I think that's a real thing that people need to acknowledge that people want to have biological children. Yes, I understand there are many black and brown children in America's foster system and you know adoption system who need homes but like you cannot you cannot take away from someone wanting to have their own biological child whether it's for a selfish reason or not I think that it's something that you don't want to live life I or speak for myself you know I don't want to live life and be like you know what I never did like I never had a baby and that's like such a unique experience and I think that you know, I think people want to experience that even, even though he does have Harold and Juan, I think that, you know, he'll never get those beginning stages of having a newborn. And, you know, I don't know. I don't think that that's something that he should give up on. I think that just because her fallopian tubes are tied, she probably still has eggs, you know, they just have no way to get get out or yeah, like the tubes are tied, but the eggs are probably still there because she still has her ovaries. They didn't like cut out her ovaries. So, but that's expensive and they would have to have a surrogate for that. Um, Google Translate, we learn as much better than that stupid device they were carrying around. The Google Translate app is doing an excellent job of translating what they're saying. And I think now he understands more about the pain that she went through and how bad it was for her. But I don't think that's the whole story. I think it's what she said that she was outside. She was out here. She was doing what she was doing and she didn't want to get pregnant again. She didn't want to have any more kids. Um, I don't think he wants to give up on having kids and I don't think that's a compromise he should have to make but I think he's desperate because he's 35 and he's never been with anyone he's never had a relationship so at that point I would be desperate too and maybe I would be willing to give up having a child too Mike barely blinks I just wanted to throw that out there because his eyes stay open for such a long period of time and I'm like dude like do you have dry eyes because you don't blink um, but anyway, he booked a getaway for them, which is like extremely nice. He, he strikes me as like, he would be one of those husbands that's just like stands there and pays for stuff. Um, and then you have sex with him and he's like, okay, yeah, this is great. Um, anyway, this place that they go, the views are beautiful. Even Jimena, like all she can say is like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful, so pretty. Colombia is a beautiful country. I never knew how beautiful it was until like just seeing how all the lush greenery and the mount, like it's so beautiful. Um, and, you know, I think Jimena is really good at making Mike feel like she likes him. But I think he farted while they were kissing. And she was like, yeah, I didn't like that. I think it's normal. I think you should be able to fart. But I just think it was like, I don't know. He's he's kind of weird. I think if he was a different guy, it would be different. But anyway, it seems like they have a private pool. And so he's like, you know, this trip is for us to be honest and no more secrets and tell every each other everything that we want to know. So she's like, OK, well, I live with the hitman. And the Google Translate is so good that it translates it perfectly. And he's like, is that what 
you meant to say? And she's like, yeah, I lived with a hitman. And she says that he had her locked up and he tried to kill her. And I said, well, and oh, apparently he was a tattoo artist. So that explains all the tattoos that he has all over her body. I still am jacking that sis went to jail. Um, but apparently he tried to have her killed. So she found out after a week. I don't know how they were living together so quickly, but they were living together. And, and mind you, like her oldest son is what, nine years old. So she's like bringing her kids into her life with a hitman. Like, this is crazy. Like this woman is, this woman does not make the best choices. I'll say that much. Um, but anyway, she didn't realize until after a week or so, she says that he was a killer and a hitman. And she says that once she found out, she wanted to like break up with him. And he was like, you have three days before I kill you. And she sent the message to the police and she never heard from him since. And it's been two years. And Mike is like stressed because Mike is stressed because I don't think he knew Jimena was about this life. Like, Jimena is that girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's from when 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 um Lydia was telling Nicole, like, oh, you act like you're a girl from the barrio. Nicole, um, Jimena, she's she's from the barrio. She's from the hood. Like, she's that girl. And so I'm betting money that Mike doesn't know that she purposefully got pregnant by a guy that's in jail. And I wonder how he will take that information when he finds out. Um and you know <laughs> this is just a really interesting couple i don't i don't know how this is gonna go we know that we saw early on where she tells him that i love you but i'm not in love with you and she seems like she turns down a proposal from him so i guess we'll see how that goes um but yeah um that was this week's episode of before the 90 days let me know what you guys thought of the episode and let me know, you know, I'm using a new professional fancy mic now. So I hope the sound is better. Um, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at OMG. It's Hadassah. The information for my Instagram will be in the show notes and I will talk to you guys soon. We are going to be covering euphoria on this podcast now. So that is also something to look forward to. All right. See you guys soon. Bye.